everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Barger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions, and joining me as per usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I already know the answer. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mostly because we're recording this episode like so late, because as I'm sure everyone can hear from my voice, so I'm just going to acknowledge it straight up. Don't send me emails about my vocal fry or whatever this week, because I am quite. I was quite sick. Uh, not COVID. Uh, I took like four COVID tests, and they were all negative. So I don't know. I guess this is a cold, or maybe it's that thing that the kids get nowadays, because it was around our niece a lot. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trust me when I tell you that I sound better than I did two days ago. <laughs> uh, roll with it. We're doing it live. I, I believe in us. Um, so what shall we talk about today in 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 in, in comfort television? Um, I need some comfort something. We are going to return. I started to say revisit, and I think I do that every time. We are going to return to our Classics Revisited series, and in honor of... Everyone's favorite cozy animal drama, All Creatures Great and Small, returning in January to a masterpiece uh, broadcast near you. We are going to look back at some, I should I should underline we only watched some of the first season because there's quite a lot of episodes of this show of the original All Creatures Great and Small from the 1970s. It's a journey. Yeah, we basically uh, d- uh, we decided that what we'd do is we'd sort of deep dive into at least the the first part of season one. Um, and one of the reasons why we decided not to go too far beyond like, you know, the first eight or nine episodes of season one is because, it, you know, the story actually goes a lot oddly faster in the old version. Um, well, it's weird. It's 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 weird because it goes faster and also there's like less story like there's less like there's less like overarching things i I, it's i don't know i don't think i'm explaining this very well um i think i think the way to explain this okay so we don't need to tell you the plot of all creatures great and small because it is exactly the same there are so many like animal husbandry incidents that like they just literally basically recreated in the new show Mm -hmm. it was somewhat shocking honestly yeah i don't think i'd realize just how close season one of the original of season one of the new show really took and just recreated the same scenes from season one of the original show and that was kind of surprising to me i thought i mean i know that they're both based on the same set of books but somehow i just sort of assumed that they wouldn't tackle them the same way quite or that it would feel different and it did feel different but not not so different that it wasn't like, hey, I remember this exact scene. Um, what I I do think is very important for us to know about the 1978 version versus this, you know, 2020s version is that the 1978 really hues to the way television was produced at the time. Um, so the there, you know, the thing about 1970s British. TV, because uh, I've watched several, you know, oh, the original Upstairs, Downstairs, uh, I, Claudius, um, um, the Norman Conquests, you know, these always feel a little bit like they're a bit of a stage play happening in front of a camera. And they're also much more still, like... You know, the thing about the new All Creatures Great and Small that we go on and on about is these long, beautiful shots 
of the Yorkshire Dales and and how comforting it is and how how little seems to be happening. We go, we save a cow, we come home and we're done. And this is so much slower. Like there's a whole five minute sequence where James Harry just hangs out at Skelton House when he first arrives. Like he falls asleep. Right? Like, nothing happens. Like, he just wanders around the house, and Mrs. Brompton comes by at one point, and then leaves again. And, and he, there's no, there's no interaction. He's just, he's just, he's just existing for us without any plot happening. And that is extraordinarily different from the way that television, televisual stories are told nowadays. Um, so that was very that was kind of a, a a bit to get used to. Um another thing to get used to um and this is actually something that I don't think I had really grokked until I watched this original version and I'm really curious how you felt about this Lacey. Um so I know that the uh the laws have changed about how you film things with animals on television. Like, there are much stricter laws now. The actors in the new version are not allowed to actually work with real animals. They work with prosthetic animals. And then the same scene is filmed with an actual vet who knows what they're doing so the animal will not be harmed. And then the two are CGI'd together. And I don't think about this very much because I'm very used to VFX being sort of just the basis of television nowadays. Like, you get screeners where, like, if there's a, if you get a screener where there's a baby scene, there's always, they're playing with a doll and it says VFX at the bottom, baby to be added. Like, that's a thing you just get used to. But I didn't realize how much cleaner it made the scenes with the animals until I watched, like, the birthing scene of birthing a calf with the original James Harriet and Christopher Timothy just covered in crud and the actual animal in front of him. And it just, it was so much messier and gorier. There's a surprising amount of poop. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying it. We're all thinking it. I mean, honestly, yes. But also just, like, it felt... Weirdly so more much poop. It felt weirdly more realistic and less clean. And I I I was so taken aback by realizing how cleaned up the new version is and how much we don't register how oddly unrealistic that kind of thing has become because we use CGI so casually in it. Like like did I mention all the poop? <laughs> so much poop. Um weirdly and maybe this is maybe this is connected to what you just said because I didn't actually think about it in those terms, but I felt like the animals were really like more part of the story mm, here yes. than in the modern day one. Like, not that a lot of the same beats are the same. Like the you get a lot of the. It's obvious how much these animals mean to the people that own them, how valuable they are to their life, how valuable and necessary they are to their livelihoods, like how much that culture is about livestock and taking care of them and everything. But like just like the actual animals feel like they're a lot more part of everything, mm -hmm. which now I'm like, maybe that is what you're talking about. I was just like, wow, we're just this cow is just chilling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The animals are so much more present and 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 there in a way that they're just not in the new version. And also dogs. Um, so many dogs. Okay. You all know that we are cat people on the show. 
Um, so I feel like I speak for the cat ladies among us when I say, where the F are the cats? I guess they're in the barn. 37 (laughs) dogs on this show, like packs of dogs wander through like every scene and they live on farms and none of them have cats. This is offensive. (laughs) Well, cats are harder to work with. So there's always that. Um, but Honestly, like the amount of dogs that are just chilling around and just wander through scenes. Like, whose dogs are those? I had that thought like so many times because there's like thir- there's like five dogs that just seem to live at Skeldale House mm-hmm. plus the two that ride around in the car with him. Yeah, or maybe they're part of the original group of dogs. I'm not sure. Why are the dogs going in the car with him? They just Why are. are they just free range around the vet house? I don't know. So many dogs. Well, I think that that's actually probably, again, like the animal husbandry scenes, I think that is actually probably more realistic in a way and truer to life and truer to life in, in a farm in the 1930s than our more cleaned up new version. But it also was a little startling, especially because, you know, we've had a whole little... One of the things about the the new version is that, you know, there's been a whole thing about how pets aren't a thing. You know, and that pets are coming, but they're not there yet. I mean, they do they do mention that in the... I think it's even in the first episode. It is. Sigbreed says something about how, like, the future of the industry is in, like, pet care. Yes. But... And yet there are dogs just everywhere being pets. And, like, it's almost like they don't register that they have these pets around. And it's a little, it's a little odd. Um, There's a lot of things about this that I did. There's a lot of things. For all the fact that there is this extreme difference with the animals and the sort of, like, overall feeling, I was really startled how much these characters felt like the characters I know in the new version. I both agree and disagree with that. Mrs. Hall is the one that I'm thinking of most specifically. Oh, I would argue the opposite, actually, with Tristan. Mm. Even though I no shade on Peter Davison, who, oh my gosh, looks like a teenager in this. He is a baby. I was like, that's the fifth doctor, guys. Um I just don't feel like I get... I feel like the modern version does a much better job with Tristan because he is allowed to be more than like the butt of the joke if that's mm. one of the things i thought was weirdest about this um or or weirdest about watching the classic version after having seen the new version is how much of it is a comedy yes like how much of it is just like animals pooping on people there is an entire or- episode where they prank call each other the entire episode it's very and i don't know like, I don't know if I would have found that weird had I seen this one first, but, like, after the watching the modern day one, which is very clearly, like, a drama, which uses all the sort of tropes and things we expect from dramas, like, this is... I, I don't know if they could have had a laugh track in 1978 British TV, but I feel like we're two minutes from a laugh track in a lot of these scenes. And it's really, it's weird. The only character that I felt was extraordinarily different, and it's not that he's different, it's that they translate the the brief differently, is Siegfried. So the brief on Siegfried is that he is an odd fellow and that, and that, and that basically James Harriet goes and works for this guy, and this guy is a weirdo. And in this version of functional alcoholic, good lord. That is just my point. 
in 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 the modern day version, his his weirdo is a misanthropic grump who who basically barks at everybody and is utterly unfriendly and and kind of mean and kind of a jerk face. And this Siegfried is like overly cheerful and like super excitable and except when he like yells at Tristan and then he forgets about yelling at Tristan two minutes later like that's the closest you get to our version of Siegfried I actually really hate the Siegfried Tristan relationship in this Uh, I do too it's way more it it, it borders much more on abuse it's really hateful it's really hateful in a lot of places and they don't like they and maybe this happens later in the series I don't know uh, we'll get to that in classics revisited all creatures great and small volume two <laughs> but like i mean maybe they course correct that later but here in the beginning it's just literally it's so antagonistic mm-hmm. and and mean mm-hmm. like there's no sense that like he'll forget he yells at tristan but it doesn't feels like he, it doesn't it never feels like he regrets yelling at tristan mm-hmm. or like he only has one setting with tristan and it's really like i don't like it um, I, I do find, as you mentioned, the alcoholic part, the alcohol part is so cut out of this new version and also the womanizing. Well, he does have that one lady friend whose name I forget, but it's only the one lady friend. It's it's the same woman. It's Mrs. Bro- it's Mrs. Brompton. But in the new version, like he's dancing around whether or not he's going to sleep with her. And then he finally kind of sleeps with her. And then he's very like shy about the fact that he slept with her here. He sleeps with Mrs. Bromson. Um, uh, at one point, like uh, James comes home and he's got like this blonde in the room and he's like, goodbye. Like it really is like, dude, gets around like and he's not ashamed of it. And it is it is really quite startling again from how this is the. 19, when 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 a scriptwriter was handed with he's a very odd duck this is what a 1970s writer wrote as opposed to in 2020 when a writer is handed this this is and it's he, like he's doc martin yeah and i find <laughs> that i find that culturally fascinating that we have changed so much in how we translate the idea of a person who is hard to work with um, what I think is interesting, it's just sort of like a storytelling perspective, is that clearly we have also embraced the ideas that characters in a show should have their own sort of like journey within the show mm. because they don't have that here at all. Like there's no sense that Siegfried or Tristan are are going to change anything about themselves or grow in any specific way or that they're on any kind of journey. They seem to be like these pieces that these are their roles and that's what they do and they're not like learning or changing or growing or anything like I don't I don't know that I would say either of them have an arc in the way that we traditionally sort of understand it and I don't know that James does either other than he gets married which isn't really an arc so much as just like a thing that happens. And actually that brings me to the other thing about the way these first nine episodes, because I watched the first nine episodes, are structured. I don't think you got all the way there because you've been sick and so forth. Um, but by the end of episode nine, we are ba- basically we are talking about the honeymoon and James and Helen are engaged in getting married. Which is hilarious considering that like that's where we are now. Not even. We're not even to that yet. No. Like James and Helen are a just got engaged at the end of season two of the modern version and they're just like like in the trailers for season three you see their wedding 
I don't know where that happens in the in the run of season three. But I sort of assume it's going to be like not the first episode. I assume it's going to be at least the middle, if not like a thing we have to wait through all seven episodes to get to. Um, and that's because television has changed in how it views romance. Moonlighting really did such a number on how we... Um, I just have to interrupt and say the moonlighting curse is and no one should believe in it. Like, the moonlighting curse means that your writers are lazy. <laughs> people in relationships are who are happy, have just as interesting stories as people who are pining for each other. It's just harder to write them. I, 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 I don't disagree with that. I do not disagree with that. Sorry, it, that's like a personal hobby horse of mine that I have to like interject into any time somebody's like, oh, we can't put them together yet. The moonlighting curse. That's crap. OK, Um, I, I actually do agree with that, but that's not my point. My point is that the idea of the will they or won't they as a drawn out story was not oh, like as a as like a narrative driver was not a thing in the 1970s in the same way. And it didn't become one until the mid 80s when Moonlighting was a humongous hit. And that's when you started to see television shows do that. And yes, in some they do it way too long and they say that that that, oh, well, if we actually got them together we have to end the show no 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 that's ridiculous but it really is so startling to see a show that was made prior to that being a narrative driver because they don't see it as such they see it as we have to get these two married as fast as possible because otherwise the the episodes don't aren't interchangeable what we're thinking here, what we're driving to here, in the same way you say there's no arc for Tristan or Siegfried, is that we want episodes that you can watch at any time, anywhere, in syndication, out of order, and it not matter. And so they have to get James and Helen together quickly so that they are the married couple living in Skelton House and we can continue. And so once you've watched the one, once that bit's over, you can just watch any of the other episodes of how many seasons is it? Like six, seven, something like that out of order. And it doesn't matter because that's because we're static. We've reached the place where we will always reset to the mean at the end of the day. Like there will always be like animals that we have to go save. Yes. And so they're almost rushing to get them married. We skip a lot of like relationshipy kind of things. Basically, they go on a date, they go to the dance, and he says, I love you, and they go to bed, and the next day, and, and then he goes and asks her dad for her hand, and that's that. Like, it really is just boom, boom, boom. And yes, I understand that in the 1930s, we did not go to bed together before marriage. And so once you'd gone to bed together before marriage, you really kind of needed to get to that altar. I get that. But, like, it really is startlingly quick. Well, especially because, like, I don't know. I guess it goes back to, like, the question of, like, whose arcs are we? Like, who has arcs? No one, really. Mm -hmm. Because, like, there's no, like, they just like each other. I don't know why they like each other. Like, they're both young and attractive and single, I guess. And, and they're kind of vibing. And, and she kind of she kind of eyeballed him on the bus when he showed up. And like, ooh, new cute guy. And he kind of eyeballed her like, ooh, pretty girl here. Well, I mean, I guess I do guess her options are somewhat limited. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of the dudes in that town are kind of kind of up there. I mean, honestly, like, that's the other thing. You know, with with the new version, Helen has a whole relationship with the 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 well, yeah like helen has like actual interiority on her own like she has a sister relationship with her sister she has a relationship with her dad she has uh neville longbottom whose name i've forgotten on the show he's hot 
Um, yeah, like she has this whole life and narrative purpose that is separate from anything to do with James. Yes. And that exists before she and James like get together. Which, I mean, I guess maybe that's just a very sort of modern sensibility about the fact that, like, a female character has the right to her own sort of, like, narrative lane. But it is a little disappointing. I mean, because basically Mrs. Hall is just there to, like, make James eat breakfast. (laughs) It is true that uh, Mrs. Hall, because Mrs. Hall does not have any kind of, like, semi-relationship with Siegfried... Um, the, the honestly, the secretary has more interactions with the Which male. Does have like that that sitcommy feel of mm-hmm. like this happened for an episode and it wasn't that funny when they hired this mean lady and now she's gone. Well, no, she's still there. Like she does sort of she she um she does sort of appear back and forth uh in later episodes. Yeah, but she definitely just like quits off screen though. She like sends them a note and she's like, and I'm out. Yeah. Um, and I find it fascinating that, you know, we we basically had these characters who are so much more built up in the new version, you know, um, like, uh, as you said, uh, uh, um, um, Matthew Lewis, who's Hugh, he's Hugh in the uh, in the new version. But I think his name is like Edward in the in the old version. It doesn't matter because he's not really a character in that way. Like he takes her on a date and he takes her around in his car, which we don't even see. And then he's gone because James has already asked her to marry him. Right. Like that. There's no there, there's no real competition that ever happens there. You know, one of the things I remember talking to Janet about this with uh, All Creatures season two and how the show really doesn't talk about how much Helen leaving him at the he, leaving you at the altar is such a huge deal and such a shame and such a scandal and i it did make me wonder well how did they handle that in the original show and they didn't that didn't exist in the original show and i never realized that until i watched and then i was like oh well a it makes sense that that doesn't exist in the original show because it in the 1970s there would have been much more of a cultural memory of how breaking an engagement like that was such a big deal in the way that it isn't nowadays so they wouldn't have done that but also just, oh, wow, we really just raced to the altar, didn't we? <laughs> it is very abrupt. It, it, uh, and I don't think I hate the fact that it's abrupt. Like, on, like I, I, di- I, I, like the, I like our new version better. I will say that completely. I like our new version much better. Um, what I like about this is that we're not even trying to worry about romance because this isn't a show that's trying to have a romance. This show is racing through the romance because it wants to get back to the animals and wants to get back to the comedy. Yeah. I also, th- I, I, cause I try to think about like, all right, if I'm not watching the show for the character relationships, which I don't think I am, mm. and I'm not watching the show for the romance, which we're not, cause it's barely there. Like what are what makes this show so you know the longevity of the love that people have for the show is like honestly kind of now that I've watched some of it I'm like really no offense guys but I don't I like some things that probably if I look back on them now with with having never seen them before I'd be like mm, girl but like I just don't like is it just the animals are cute like is that is that what it is is it just like because I, 
people always describe the show as like very like heartwarming and cozy. And I guess that it is, but it's not in the same way that the modern version is. Like it is just the animals are cute. And we're saving animal lives. I think also, um, especially for um, the older version, heartwarming and comedy is not did not mean the same thing culturally the way it does now in the same way that like romance has a narrative trope the will they or won't they didn't exist in the 1970s this is very much a product of an era where turn off your brain was cozy yeah and nowadays turn off your brain is i mean it's still it still exists it's plenty of television all over that that is turn off your brain but it's not respected and so there's a level where a new version of All Creatures Great and Small can't be sort of neck down television in the way that this is. Because if it was, it would not be respected. It would not be a hit. It would not be a critical darling. And I think actually that is sort of the thing that, you know, when All Creatures Great and Small arrived in 2020, like, A, it was perfectly timed because we were all in our first COVID winter. But what really startled me is that, you know, there are certain critics out there who never touch PBS. They are. They, they, they do all of the HBO stuff. They do all of the, the prestige TV. And they all sat down and watched this. And they all loved this. And they were all really startled that they loved this. And I think if this had been more like the original... I think if we'd had more of a comedy, I think if we'd had an episode where we literally prank call each other to run out to 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 vet to vet calls that didn't exist in the middle of the night. Like, I don't think this would be a, a hit the way it is now. Like, I don't think we'd accept it in the same way. And that I don't know if that's good or bad. I think it would be a very different show. Well, that too is the thing. Like, I don't know. I don't know that we wouldn't. I don't think we would accept it if we were expecting the show that we're currently watching. But if it were different, that first winter it came back, I don't like I just think it would have been different. I don't know. The the insertion of so much a broad comedy is not like a thing that I super enjoy. So I tend to I tend to like very sort of snarky. I mean, like I love Abbott Elementary, which is very sort of pointed and sly and and also very heartwarming by the way if you've never watched it but so this sort of just like the slapstickness of this of which there is like a lot look it's poop or an animal kicked someone or someone fell down or like that doesn't appeal to me the entire mrs pumphrey episode where he (gasps) can we talk about my best boy tricky woo oh yes we can um he's so fluffy so fluffy and i i have to say like it is one of the things that where I actually feel like the show, this show and that, th- this show and the, the the new show really do sort of like meet with the Tricky mm-hmm. Woo stuff. They really didn't change the Tricky Woo stuff at all. But the Except tricky... that Tricky Woo has a pen pal foundation, which I <laughs> kind of love and am <laughs> disturbed by in equal measure. There's a level of comedy in that that is not slapstick. But he's funny, like the whole business of her, like putting him on the pillow when he finally gets home. Right. Like there's this whole little sequence where she where 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 James. I love brings- the um, the like <laughs> when he's going to stay at the 
he's going to stay at the veterinary office and like the servants are carrying out like five different dog beds right? as someone who spoils their animals this speaks to me and it's this is also broad comedy and yet somehow i don't know it worked for me much better than oh say i don't know um somebody being kicked in the gonads by a cow yeah <laughs> And maybe that's because I'm a girl and I don't think that that kind of thing is funny, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, also, like, how many times is that funny? Right? Like, oh, an animal kicked you again. <laughs> um. Okay. To be fair, um, there is a scene, and I don't actually remember. If, I think this might be a later episode that you didn't get to, where um, where a horse, I think, or cow stomps on Tristan's foot. And Pete David Davison makes it so funny. Um, that he's like, I have, you know, a boot full of blood and a broken toe. And just just his physical comedy, it's kind of Steve Martin-ish. And it's really kind of good. But those, but not every sequence gets to that level. Like, some of the sequences do. Some of the sequences do nail that physical comedy. And some of them are like, okay, a cow kicked you again. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just because some of them also, like, it's, it's really hard to overstate how many of these early vet trips the modern version just sort of reproduces whole cloth like mm -hmm. like that that horse that has to get put down the cow that kicks him to start like on his first visit like the pigs the pig oh the pig with the with the head thing yeah the tumor the tumor on the cow like there are these are all these are all basically like they're there and they do them almost they do them almost scene for scene yeah it's a weird because like i was like oh i know what's gonna happen to this horse his intestines are wound up <laughs> like <laughs> no this cow did not break her pelvis like that's fully like it, it's literally it's it's such a weird Considering how much the rest of the show changed, it's really weird that that's the thing that they decided to be one-to-one -one about, mm -hmm. is animal surgery. Well, I think that sort of speaks to, as you said, what is it we're watching for? If we're not watching for the romance, if we're not watching for the drama, we're watching for the cute animals. Well, this is what we're watching for. We are The scenes that the new version felt it could not change, that it felt had to stay... Mm were the ones this is what it regards as the truly important part of the original show and it's all the animal husbandry it's all the savings of the cow and savings of the pig and and the thing where 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 Siegfried Siegfried even has the whole little we're going to raise pigs things for bacon right like that that is reproduced in the same sort of way i did like the cow that had sunstroke that was really clever i thought mm. um and there's a whole thing with 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 Helen's family and you know James trying to 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 basically like impress the dad. Um and I do think though and this is actually really interesting Helen's family is so much bigger in the original version. There are so many more children and there's like a grandmother. Like there's so much more to her family than there is in the new show. In the new show it's really just the three of them. But I do think that they well that's that is true but i do think the new version does more with less mm. if that makes sense yes because like, i do feel like her relationships with her dad and her sister are very fleshed out mm. in a way they're really kind of not here i don't even know the names of all those people um i do know that uh, like there's actually like 
I one of the most startling moments for me, and this might just speak to like me, um, when James goes in to ask Helen's dad for her hand. Um, first off, he doesn't say yes. The father doesn't say yes. But when James comes out of that conversation, Helen is praying, like literally with her hands folded and her eyes closed, praying. And I was genuinely startled by that. A, because that kind of overt Christianity isn't shown in new shows. And B, I was like, whoa, you really don't know what your dad's going to say? New Helen would know exactly how that convo would go down. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't? That's that too also speaks to how underdeveloped and the, the, their relationship, the relationship she has with her dad is. And that, that threw me for a loop. Um, shoot. I just, I just really like, I mean, this is not a shock to anybody who's heard me talk about the things that I look for in television. Mm -hmm. I just really like the way that the modern version has really given Helen a lot more depth in, in multiple directions. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like she she gets interiority, she gets additional relationships, she gets all these things. And she has a real reason to be a partner to James in a way that this Helen does not. Um, There's this whole thing about how James can't really quite fit in with these Yorkshire farmers. Oh, like he he can't. I remember this. Now. He like can't talk to the locals or whatever. And she can. And that doesn't exist here. Like. Even though he's still sort of a Scotsman and he still doesn't really quite get the whole Yorkshire thing um, by episode eight or nine when he's asking her to marry him, there's still like there's no she'll help in this in this regard. No, she's going to make breakfast with Mrs. Hall. Yeah. And honestly, like one of Siegfried, Siegfried at one point sits James down and says, here's all the reasons why you need to just go and ask Helen to marry her, marry you already. Stop worrying about the fact that you don't have a house. Stop worrying about the fact that you're not a partner. Stop worrying about all that. Just go and ask her to marry you quick, quick, quick before that, before that other dude does. Right. And one of his things is she's a great cook. Like, like, that's really and truly like his argument. I'm sure you can all picture the face that I'm making. <laughs> but um, he- speaking of Yorkshire, I was sort of taken aback by the way that the classic version sort of presents Yorkshire as like this alien land with like mm. people still speaking. I mean, I know it's supposed to be, oh, it's the Dales. It's different. But like they literally say like ye and thee and thou and stuff like I just... I I don't know why that sort of just took me right out of it, but it did not feel that I don't know. I didn't like it. Um, I think that's also um one of the things where be- 1978 was just so much closer to 1937 than 2020 is. And shall we not remember that Downton Abbey, for you know eight for six years and two movies, is in Yorkshire and no one does that. Downton Abbey is in Yorkshire in the 30s. Right? And no one is theeing or thouing or any of that sort of thing. So if the new version were to do that, people would be like, excuse me? Right? And just it would not, it would not read. It would not come across. And I feel like that's also another thing where in 1978, it was still accepted that that could have been the way that locals talked. 
because there was still a cultural memory of the late 1800s and early 1900s before World War One, when people really did still have that sort of those words sort of like as part of their regular vernacular. Whereas by the time you get to the second, third, what what decade are we in of the 21st century? Third decade? Something like that. What is time? <laughs> I'm time just saying. Is a lie. I'm just saying, like the the space between the 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 the, the forgotten how much we've forgotten of that is is so much more nowadays that we can't we can't get away with doing that you know but i didn't even think until you just said that that like literally down abbey is set in the same place in the same time period mm-hmm. and even the people down in the village like mm-hmm. don't talk like that. exactly and we have had and that's again you know there's so much more television that has happened since this original all creatures and so much, so many more decades of cultural change that have happened on TV, the way we do narrative stories, the way we present characters, the way we have gotten used to characters from that time period being presented. You know, Julian Fellows really did do a a, a, a job in, in cementing into the public consciousness. This is what it was like in Yorkshire in the 1920s and 30s. He did. Whether or not it's real or not, doesn't matter. What what's kind of interesting to me, and I'm just sort of like thinking about this, mm-hmm. about why I think it's so weird, and and yet, like, I guess it's because I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a York apologist, but <laughs> like, I you don't like for some reason like that kind of attitude towards like the backward northerners or whatever, I always tend to associate with Scotland mm. and not the north of England. Mm. Like that's how people talk about Scots, mm. not. Yorkshire folks. Right. Um, because, you know, Scots use, you know, language like, you know, they, they say, you know, you wee ones and stuff. And that's not, you know, so having James be the, the, the normal one and Yorkshire be the, 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 the weird backwater is definitely a change. Um, his citification is also much more prevalent in the new show than in the old um, there is the. I think there's one scene in the first episode or the second episode of the old version where James says, "Why do they have cows? Why don't they just have plows?" Oh yeah, he was like tractors, and then and then he has to suck up to Siegfried because Siegfried was like, "Oh, you don't like horses?" Yeah. But- um. And and I get that that's supposed to be more that that scene is actually much more about him stepping in it in front of Siegfried than it is about, um, like how people view con- like like the urban rural divide to mm-hmm. use a more modern phrase for it but we don't the show doesn't really focus on other than that one scene i don't feel like the show really focuses on the urban rural divide once we get through that first episode or two like it just disappears and again in the same way like helen doesn't have a job then because you know the james the james in this one doesn't need it well the other that would do i cuz i i'm i'm thinking about this now i don't know that because in the modern day version, mm-hmm. even there is still a sense that like James is an outsider, mm. that he even no matter what how much good he's like done for the community, he's still like the the alien there. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel I feel like like once he saves one person's cow in the classic one, he's like he's in <laughs> get drunk down the pub. Everybody's cool. Yeah. Like, there's no more of that sort of, like, 
outsider vibe, which considering he is Scottish, I just don't know that I buy. Um, I do have to say, and this is one of the things that, because I sort of like know a little bit about uh, Christopher Timothy, who, who plays the original James Harriet. I know he, there was a whole scandal where he had an affair with the original Helen. And I was sort of expecting, I think, more sexual chemistry between them because I knew that. And I didn't get it. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm sorry. I like my mouth has been hanging <laughs> open. When um, did they? What? Uh, I, I don't know if this. They have like. Oh, this must be one of those things where like. Because um, you know how sometimes famous movie couples like will make a movie together and <laughs> then they have like negative chemistry. Like. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are a really great example of this. Like they just have like the worst chemistry on screen, even mm-hmm. though it's like very, they're very clearly into each other in like real life. Like they're very demonstrative about it, but they have no like, ten- no, no. Um, actually at one point they switch Helens in, in the show. I don't know when it happens. What? I think somewhere like season four or five, like the, the, the woman, Carol Drinkwater, who played the original Helen, the one that he sleeps with, the, the actress he sleeps with leaves the show and they get a different actress to play her for like the last two or three seasons. Is it because they had an affair? I'm just like down for this goss. I don't know if that's actually related. I, I only know that a, he had a, he had an affair with the original Helen. And at some point the Helens change. Guys, um, if you have dirt on this, <laughs> Our email address is televisions at weta.org. I love celebrity gossip. <laughs> Even like, from 1978? <laughs> yeah, I, no, this is so, this is like, that's funny. Also <laughs> terrible if they fired her and not him. I, 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 I don't know if those things are related, but I do know that at some point Carol Drinkwater left and that the, the I, I don't remember the other actress um, because I didn't look it up. Um, and Drinkwater was the one that gets mentioned in the credits all the time for the first season. Um, but, Whoever it is who comes in, like, I, I don't know if he has better chemistry with her or not. I'm pretty sure he doesn't sleep with the second one. Um, but it just, I was just <laughs> expecting so much more chemistry between them, and I didn't get it, and I was very kind of disappointed. I thought they were very sweet. Yes, And it but... seemed very obvious they were, like, vibing. Mm-hmm. But I did not get, like, a like a burning love kind of chemistry from that. I thought they were cute. Yeah, I think, I feel like Nicholas Ralph and Rachel Shenton, Sheldon, um, the, I think the, it's Shenton. Shenton. Um, the two of them have more chemistry on screen than, than Timothy and Drinkwater. And I just, that, that, that is, that, that is my opinion. Here we go. I said <laughs> what I said. I guess. <laughs> oh my. Um, well, I think I very clearly prefer, the modern day one but i also i mean i also just am looking at it through the lens of like that's the one i watched first and sometimes it's a lot harder to watch things that are uh a slightly more dated Mm. um so i don't know i know that a lot of people like truly love the classic versions so if you are one of those people like tell us why i would love to know as I said, I think I like both versions. I don't I don't hate this version. I don't dislike this version. I just think it comes no, from it's such fine. a... I think it's fine. The animals are really cute. And Tricky Woo is so oh adorable. Tricky Woo's supremacy. He deserves all things. He's so fluffy. Um, They really do pick the fluffiest puppy for that. It's great. Um, And, it, and it's great because it's so in such contrast to the other dogs that are running around the, vet, the, the vet's place i know they're all kind of like 
not to be like mangy because I don't think they have mange, but they're clearly like outdoor working dogs. Mm-hmm. And then there's Tricky Woo with his five beds. <laughs> I love him so much. Being all fluffy and happy and being like, which bowl is mine? Which bowl is mine? Um. Anyway, uh, I think I can see why the original vibed with people. I feel like I've also heard that it like the third season ish is like its best time. Like that sort of. Th- Perhaps if we come back and do classics as revisited, all creatures great and small too, we should do season three. I know it'll probably take us like five seasons of the modern show to get <laughs> to wherever that is at the pace we're going. It's true. Um, but if we come back, I think, yeah, season three is the one that like when when you see those lists of best of, it's a bunch of season three episodes. Yeah, I Googled like the best seasons and I'm pretty sure either three or four was like consistently on the top so yeah um maybe maybe that's also it you know let let's never forget that almost every star trek before the before that moved to paramount plus every star trek always had a first season that was rough not strange new worlds though oh man it's so good yes it is um which should not be confused with strange worlds which does not have anson mountain in and man i was confused when there were two of those things anyway um i'm i'm digressing is there anything uh is there anything else you want to say about uh, all creatures before we sign off um i'm really looking forward to season three i have to admit oh i can't wait for the modern one i can't wait yeah i just um I really think that just from the trailer, like James and Helen's wedding looks so cute. And also I am as always here for my very good boy, Tricky Woo. Maybe he will get his pen pal situation (laughs) set up this season. I would be about that. I'm actually really looking forward to like, I, and it's very, it's very odd because this isn't normally like in a list of things that I put as like reasons that I like this show. But I think because the classic version does so little with Tristan and Siegfried, I'm actually really curious to see where this season goes with their relationship and Tristan's career and everything. Um, and don't forget, you know, that this is the season where All Creatures Great and Small will become a World War II drama. Um, and oh, even right, though, yeah, even though World War II will stay far away from the Yorkshire Dales. It will also, we will feel its effects. And I think we will also feel its effects between Siegfried and Tristan because Tristan is the kind of guy who wants to run off to war and make his name. And Siegfried is the kind of older brother who would be like, oh, hell no. Oh, I'm now picturing Tricky Woo in like a little, like a little hat, like a little, like a little military hat. Oh, I don't know. Tricky Woo is like, I'm obsessed with Tricky Woo. I'm sorry. It's okay. And you know what? There are cats in the new version, so... Take that. Classic. <laughs> Sorry. It's just so rude. I don't know. <laughs> Can you guys tell that I've been feeling under the weather? This is such a messy episode. I was, gonna say, I was actually about to say, you're not doing so bad. Oh, thank you. You have to say that, though. I, I, well, I, I do, but also I thought we would definitely, like, derail ourselves at least a couple more times because you would sort of, like, float away, and you didn't. I'm very proud of you. Stay on topic. Woo! No, I'm feeling better. I only had like one really bad coffee fit that hopefully none of you heard. Um, thank you in advance for editing that part out, uh, part out to our sound engineer. Anyway, um, Annie, <laughs> tell the people where they can find you on the internet. You can find me at Annie Bundle basically everywhere at this point because every time another Twitter wannabe comes running through the door going, sign up! I sign up and I sign up as at Annie Bundle. Um... 
Uh, let's see. You can also find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook, which basically has not managed to capitalize on the whole Twitter collapse. I mean, seriously, what are you doing over there? Um, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Instagram. Well, actually, what you can find is pictures of my very fussy cats and their very fluffy butts on Instagram. Um, I am staff writer at Elite Daily, and I'm the associate editor here at Televisions, and I also freelance around the web. Uh, things I've been writing about recently include... Uh, his Dark Materials, uh, the two new A Christmas Carols, Spirited and Scrooge A Christmas Carol that just came out. Um, and also I'm going to be writing about 1923 because Harrison Ford marrying Helen Mirren and getting on television as a couple in the West is really more my lane than I thought. Um, I just saw the trailers of like Helen Mirren toting a gun and I was like, okay. I mean, seriously, go. how could we not be in? Okay. Um, I am Lacey MB on Twitter. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And I am also Lacey MB pretty much everywhere else around the internet. If you have decided to abandon the mess that is Twitter currently, the site and the pod are on social media at telly underscore visions on Twitter and televisions blog, all one word on Facebook. If you have comments, thoughts, feelings about all creatures great and small the og version or suggestions for what we should talk about next in our classics revisited series hit us up on email at televisions at weta.org we're planning 2023 you guys oh gosh yeah and he's got like a spreadsheet it's the whole thing (laughs) i'm gonna try to keep this brief because it sounds terrible and i'm tired so uh as you have probably heard at the top of the show we are a product of weta and if you like what we do you can visit us at televisions.org read all of our stuff click on the donate button to help us keep making more of it and know that we appreciate you very deeply for all of your help and support that is our show for this week uh as you can tell from me please go get your covid booster or your flu shot or just buy more kleenex it is rough out there i don't go anywhere and i caught something so take care of yourselves take care of each other do something nice for neighbor tis the season and uh we'll see you next week thanks for listening